5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. Hello everybody, welcome back. As we uh, are talking this week, it just re- just uh, came to my mind, I'm thinking about the high holy days of the uh, the church year and many you know we look at uh, Christmas and and we look at Easter now it's funny because Easter when you look at it it gets a whole holy week prior to it so you look at the uh, the very you know the highest of the holies right there is like Monday Thursday Good Friday you know uh, and some people recognize like the the Holy Saturday before Easter Sunday. So there's a whole thing that goes on for that, but this is now the Tuesday, and Christmas Eve is Saturday, and then you get Christmas on Sunday. Now with all of that, right, you get all of those, you know, but there's no week preparation for people leading up to Christmas, right? There's no, you know, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. There's no tragedy before the triumph. And so what do we do for Christmas? We usually spend the week prior. If you are a uh, somebody who's a um, procrastinator, you might have a whole bunch of shopping to do, things to, to prepare uh, for people's presence. Maybe it's the food preparation for the days of the you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, whatever it might look like, it seems like that's what the time is filled with. And so as we're reminded about Christmas, we think about the, um, there's lots of Christmas movies and things that, uh, you know, we watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life uh, last night. It's it's a good flick, good Christmas flick. It's my wife's favorite. So we don't mind, you know, taking a look at that one. But I'm reminded of others where, you know, like Elf, where you get Santa Claus and you get some of these like, you know, these characters that have been kind of, you know, been put into the story um, of Christmas time. And and you get things like the Santa Claus, right, where you get people who are going to the Santa Claus and the Santa Claus asks the question, what do you want for Christmas? And that question, what do you want for Christmas, we always think about, you know, as, as Christmas has turned into a giant conglomerate of uh, consumerism, right? And there's, so there's much, much, many, many things that are being purchased and bought and, and secured for loved ones, friends, family, and otherwise. And I wonder... If we can hear a different story today about, you know, God, not, and it's not a Christmas time story, um, but we're going to go back to the Old Testament and we're going to hear from Hannah. And Hannah's found in 1 Samuel um, chapter 1, and this is Samuel's mom, but uh, yeah, Samuel's a prophet. <laughs> and, and so what we're going to see is that, that Hannah has a longing within her, and we're going to see this story unfold. So verse 9, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at the customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. 
Hannah was deep in anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked him for, or asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. So here's the the part about somebody who's longing for something, and it goes, and, and this is, I think, much of what um, what what we would like, to, I would like to see more of the understanding of where does people's desire really go to? Do they, and there might be, there's people who desire cars, and they desire houses, and they desire more and more stuff. But really, I think it goes back to a longing within us that's much deeper than the felt need of more possessions. It goes to there's something inside of us that's feeling empty, and we're longing for it. Now consider Hannah. Hannah had not had a child, and she wanted a child. She longed for a child, and yes, we got, we've talked about this with Elizabeth, um, in the New Testament, but you know, like if she was if she was expected to be barren or if she was not having any children, then then people would be ultimately kind of keeping her out of like the common everyday conversations because the women, this was part of your identity, having children. That's your part. Do your part. You can't do your part. There's something wrong with you. You're defective. There's, you know, so that's that's what would been cast upon them. And that's where we see Hannah and what she's longing for. She's there in deep and deep and bitter anguish. She is crying out to God for this child. And she's saying, I want to have a son. And if you give me a son, like, and this is part of it, she sees her identity in God still, but yet there's still like, hey, but if I if I do get a child, I'm going to give him back to you. You know, ultimately he's going to be yours. Not in a way that we're thinking like Jesus as God comes to Mary, right? That whole, you know, but I think that there's a longing on on her part to be able to dedicate this child to the Lord. His hair's never going to be cut, which is kind of going back to, like, this is a, a, a dedicated temple worker. Their hair was not cut, right? But it goes back to me more even in the longing and the anguish, and even Eli not recognizing somebody who's there laying themselves bare before the Lord, because what does he normally see? He sees people who are like, hey, you're intoxicated, go home. 
throw away your wine. She's like, no, no, I have not been drinking. I haven't been doing that. Like, I'm pouring out my heart here because of this anguish and this sorrow. And Eli's like, I mean, he says, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you've asked of him. You know, and it's it's like, all right, I mean, did that work? And apparently it did because she went away. She began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. So there's something about being able to get out that anguish, that sorrow before the Lord, and know that God hears. So I think that there's a longing within all of us that we need to be able to consider and say this Advent into Christmas, what's the deep longing within us that we need to lay bare before the God of Israel, the God of our forefathers? We need to also lay bare and say, maybe I've been longing for too many things, stuff, and I know that that hasn't filled me. God help me to be able to see the desires that are actually in my heart. And then, hopefully, we'll also say, God, match them. Like, let the desires of my heart be your heart. Think about that this Christmas, and we will... uh, We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll talk some more about whatever it is that God puts in front of us tomorrow. All right, thank you.